The Russiagate Hysteria, a case of severe Russophobia, today on She's in Russia. Mueller Report, the Mueller Report, Mueller Report, <laughs> Mueller Report, came out on the Mueller Report. Perfect. We don't even need Does to that make sound it like now. a YouTube edit? <laughs> also, I think it's Mueller. Izzy, you can't talk. <laughs> You're not mic'd. <laughs> we have a third party representative. We have a third party who doesn't want to spend any time alone. This shit feels like I won't ever make it home. Traffic's backed up. I got to get off of this road. This is She's in Russia. I'm Lily. And I'm Sir. And we have a friend. We have a friend. Who's an observer. She's an observer. She's a silent observer. <laughs> Sorry. Silent observer. Yeah. Um, Hello. Oh, my God. Hi to all my fans. <laughs> Her name is Isabel. Isabel. All right. So how do we want to do this thing? Mueller report. Mueller report. Mueller report. The Mueller report I mean, has come out. You already did that part. <laughs> I had yeah. to send Mueller. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. We're, but we're not. Don't fear not, listeners, because we're not actually talking about the Mueller report we each read the summary yeah did you yeah me too big fat no collusion big fat bar which is <laughs> which is uh old news but we're what we're gonna be focusing on today is the russian embassy's response to the report okay before we get into that i just want to say that are we sure it's a real document <laughs> Yeah, I downloaded it from the Russian embassy website. It really feels like fake. fake. It fake does news. feel fake. Yeah, it does feel fake news. And also, what I wanted to ask is, is it written like sometimes? Okay, so here's how it's written. It's 100 pages. Mm-hmm. It's a response to the whole situation, the collusion, Russiagate right. accusations. But like inspired by the, re- by the Mueller report. Yeah, timing, I think, is inspired by mm-hmm. the Mueller report. But... I just don't understand, like, who the author is, because it feels like Lavrov is, like, he's in the intro, and then some of it's in first person, and the way it's structured is mostly it's just, in like... first person? I didn't say that. Yeah, my section on, like, <laughs> the... first person? That's insane. Some of it, I think, is. Okay. Well, right. the parts from Lavrov definitely are just, like, signed by him, but sometimes I, th- I thought it was in first person, or it's just... Maybe it's not in first person. I'll try to find an example, but I feel like it's just more, like really informal it's, it's just like really informal. and they just need to stop that nonsense and there's no like there's also no letterhead like the front the title page says at the top it's also in all caps embassy of the russian federation in the united states of america and then the title of the report as i mentioned before is the russiagate hysteria colon a case of severe russophobia yeah dated april 18th 2019 and i downloaded it I think I do- yeah no I downloaded it from it. the the thing about it is the whole it's not even a report that's the thing is there's no like concrete through line and conclusions it's all just like a collection of articles and quotes I mean it also feels like it's like a poorly written like project from a high school or something yeah but I think that part of the I think it's useful as like a collection of examples of links it's, it's basically like that, links but, like I don't fully trust it because it's selective. What do you mean you don't trust? Like they're links to they're external links to like a, no, no, no. a lot of you're articles s- that saying, have been written. Right, no, I understand. But you're saying as a document, like as a collection of things that can be useful. But I'm like, yeah, but you can't even say it's like representative of certain things because they're cherry picking what articles they're, yeah. they're including. But let me let me just read an example. Cherry picking, sure. 
but um, that's fine because they're like, this is an example of baseless accusations against Russia. Groundless and accusations. groundless accusations against <laughs> Which, like, Putin. come on. Like, th- they just go fully in the other direction where they're like, we're perfect, beautiful angels. Well, I'm, well of course. But I'm going to read an example from the section. I think it's a se- Yeah, I think it's a section in which the, the last section in which they do, like, they lay out a false claim and then present the facts. Right. So I number like four. That section. Yeah. False claim. Which page is this on so I can follow 106. Okay. So just get an idea of the language. So I guess it's not first person, but you'll hear. False claim. Hacking of American political institutions was personally ordered by the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir. Fact. (laughs) All caps. (laughs) This claim is based on nothing else but the infamous fraudulent steel dossier. Right? Link to steel dossier. Paid for by political opponents of Donald Trump and wild conjectures that, quote, nothing in Russia happens without Putin's approval. Okay, that part I actually just, and that's like links to a political article. That's Politico, fine. Yeah. And then. I love this. Yeah, still part I of the fact section that says, needless to say. <laughs> so this is the editorializing. Right, this right. is how, this is the voice of this report. This is how it goes. <laughs> needless to say, zero proof is presented. By the same logic, nothing in the U.S. happens without the president's approval. For example, is he also responsible for Edward Snowden? Overall, just like his existence. <laughs> after all, after all, Mr. Snowden was doing work for the U.S. intelligence services. Or the deaths of all the civilians killed abroad by U.S. drone strikes? Sounds true? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds true is such like an English as a second language thing to say. Like, what does that even mean? Sounds true? You're just like, is this like the intern? Like, who it, wrote this? It, it's really, it is really confusing. It's also like, wait. Are you saying that they're responsible for drone strikes? Because that is the presumption, like that the president is responsible for drone strikes. Yeah, abroad. but the president isn't. Res- the president personally isn't responsible for all the deaths of the civilians. But abroad. I think they they are. So sounds true. Yes, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I like how um, is the president example for Edward Snowden? Just like period. I know. Not for like well, him. What are they trying to say for him? Um, for him hacking. For him, uh, for him hacking, yes, yeah, st- stealing state secrets. He didn't hack. He's a whistleblower. Okay, he didn't hack. Yeah, <laughs> that was fucked up. He stole. He stole things. Yeah, he's a whistleblower. Well, it's, it's interesting that they bring up Edward Snowden because also in an earlier quote, let me try to find it. It's a quote from Lavrov. Yeah, here we go. So this, let me make sure this is truly a quote from Lavrov. Yeah. So this is a quote from Lavrov that he made recently remarks at a meeting with the association of European business, Moscow, February 21st, 2019. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of laying out why it is that the U S Russia relationship has gone South. And he specifically marks Edward Snowden as like one of the initial causes of that. He says it began with Edward Snowden. This is, Oh, by the way, this is quoted in this report. So as like an introduction to explain why, America hates Russia. Mm -hmm. It began with Edward Snowden, who was stuck in Russia because he could not fly anywhere. His passport was canceled. The U.S. president, the secretary of state, and the FBI and CIA directors put pressure on us to surrender him without delay. We said we could not do so because all the accompanying information indicated that he was facing the death penalty. So I I was just like a little bit surprised by how often Edward Snowden came up in this report because I had kind of forgotten about him as like a central character in the Russia-America relationship because he seems pretty irrelevant at this point. 
Yeah. I mean, in terms of Russiagate and all that stuff, I agree. But it is when we we did an episode where we listed like some of the initial things and it was like Snowden. There was stuff around Sochi, Crimea, Ukraine. That's true. Snowden was in our yeah. list. And he was one of the f- topics of our first episodes also. Yeah, but that's in true. in a different capacity? Yeah. What? Why did we do that? Oh, because just he was he went through Moscow? Yeah, well, there was a bunch of like political stuff about Snowden at the time. Um, th- there's some kind of interesting quotes in this speech that Lavrov gave to this like business thing because he, I mean, he's being disingenuous, obviously, but. It's repeated also throughout. The sp- th- I think some of his quotes are repeated. I mean, he, they they push a similar narrative to what we push, honestly, which is that like the Democratic Party needed an explanation for why they lost because it was such like a humiliating defeat or whatever, and it was easier for them to like, point to Russia as as example of that. So right. he references that a fair amount. But there's a specific. Um, oh yeah, in this particular speech, he's proposing forming a high-level council of, like, business leaders in both Russia and America. Mm-hmm. And he says, I am, quote, I am sure that such a high-level council could become a major stabilization factor, at least for our business communities. It's really weird that for me that he's talking like this because it's abundantly clear to anybody that this will never happen at this current juncture. But he's, like, using it as a way to pretend that Russia is still interested what in having an I- open dialogue. It's in February of this year. Well, what do you mean? Why? Well, that would never happen. Why is that pretending? It's pretending because he's saying like, oh, America or Russia's proposing like we do like we have outlined a number of cooperation areas, quote, including the establishment upon our president's presidents, plural approval of a business council comprising five, six or seven top officials, each from the largest Russian and U.S. corporations so like a government led co-coalition between America and Russia. And that's like so clearly not going to happen right now because the relationship between the two governments is so fraught. But he's just saying it to like all these business people as a way of being like, look, the Russian government is interested in like rebuilding the the economic ties that we have with America. But America is just not interested. Well, that's that's their narrative for a lot of suggestions. Basically, it's like we've been trying in the part of this in the part of this report. He says something like like repeats that. Yeah. sentiment of like we've been trying and trying and america just ignores our offers to cooperate it's a good quote if it's at the very end of this quote if they opted for disregarding these initiatives we will no longer knock on a locked door yeah. and we'll stop reminding our partners about our initiatives our american colleagues can tell us when they are ready we will be willing to start the talks yeah i mean that kind of stuff is like really i feel like in typical rhetoric of russian diplomacy is like they're always like the calmer more logical ones yeah we're just here waiting. Oh, we we just don't, it's like, yeah. it feels like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like. But they've been, but that's actually been a complaint since Crimea, basically, like, or before, probably. But I remember noticing that kind of thing where it's like the concept of like Russia wanting to be recognized in international politics or like taken seriously and then like America. It's like, not we're willing to talk. They're just not talking to us. We want to talk. We want to talk. We told them we're ready to talk, but they don't want to talk to us. I'm not going to knock on a locked door. (laughs) (laughs) The door locked. It's locked, okay? This is like our Brooklyn Russian. Yeah. Or like Italian or something. Not going to lock on a locked door, okay? Yeah, so then like there's like lots of sections where they're just quoting people, like making russophobic comments, including our personal favorite. Let me see. Let me scroll to it. Scroll, scroll, scroll. 
Oh, yeah. Lay it out. And they break it down by, like, are they a media person? Are they an expert? Are they a politician? In terms of people who made rusophobic comments during inclusion, which they're... This is, like, a catalog or, like, a... Uh, encyclopedia sort of, of yeah. that, but not, not that well put together just right. like a bunch of links to examples but still I think that's useful just the editorializing is hilarious it's really hilarious yeah uh, our personal favorite happening on May 28th 2017 from James Clapper um, Clap. who is the former director of national intelligence told NBC's Chuck Todd so this is on national televisions that Russians were genetically driven to co-opt Quote, if you put that in context with everything else we know, knew the Russians were doing to interfere with the election and just the historical practices of the Russians, who typically are almost genetically driven to co-opt, penetrate, gain favor, whatever, which is a typical Russian technique. So we are concerned. And there was they had another quote from him. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, another time that James Clapper referenced genes. This is also in 2007. Maybe he learned James. to back off after that. The clap um, in a speech at the National Press Club, quote, but as far as our being intimate allies, trusting buds with the Russians, that is just not going to happen. It is in their genes to be opposed, diametrically opposed to the United States and to Western democracies. It's like the Rus- Russian people have been around much longer than American oh people, God. so it's pretty unlikely that that w- wormed its way into them just Genetically. I don't really think he knows what genes are. Yeah, no, it's in their blue genes <laughs> to be opposed. It's in their blue genes. They're commies know. to the bone. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, no. They're commies. Yeah, and he has that really in- intense like anti-communist like, thing because he's like an old person. Old, like Republican. That, like cares about that shit. I don't think he's a Republican, but he like... Oh, the clap? Is it? I don't... I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he is. Um, he's conservative, I think. But I... Is he? Is James Clapper conservative? He's, I mean, he was the head of national security under Obama. But what he said was stupid. What he said was stupid. I, I mean, the other thing that I've been thinking about is how the Russiagate thing provides a nice litmus test for like, oh, are you retarded or not? Mm-hmm. And there's a nice quote from our not favorite. Not the first time she's used that word on the podcast. <laughs> Second time, maybe? No. Um, our favorite Democratic presidential candidate, Tim Ryan. Can everybody <laughs> give, give a round of applause for Tim Ryan? <laughs> um, in one of his like very opening speeches as like, I'm going to be president, April 6th, 2019. Yeah, it's fucked up. Quote, if there is an incident in America that's controversial about kneeling for the national anthem or there's a school shooting or there's an incident between a cop and a kid, you know who comes on to our social media? The Russians. Okay, I want you to hear this. The Russians, they come into our social media and they spin things to get us into these divided camps so that we're fighting with each other. That's what they want. And meanwhile, we can't get out economy. We can't get our economy growing typo in here meanwhile we can't get a healthcare system that works what a fucking psycho was that at the nam convention oh no 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 first of all our social media i really like that. our social our internet (laughs) are being infiltrated by the russians by the russians and not just you literally have no idea what you're talking about well no and meanwhile our healthcare is bad yeah that's such a like political move i feel I like i remember him saying the russians like multiple times during his speech <sighs> i remember Don't hillary saying that but that was like two years ago like come on we've all moved past it no we at least we the politicians at least she's met the russians like she was the secretary of state 
Tim Ryan is just living in Ohio. <laughs> he doesn't. He's never met a Russian. There's no Russians. Yeah, in Ohio. he's really. I it, he he's like a really intense example of like somebody who's super mediocre who like thinks that they're good enough to do something and it really irks me. I don't even know who that is. But yeah, because he's literally nobody. Because like. But to say, to like do that distracting thing is so typical to be like, meanwhile, healthcare, just like saying keywords. Be like, it's, yeah. So he's implying that like because um, we're distracted. just assuming, we're just assuming the Russians are actually like infiltrating yeah. our quote unquote social media to divide us, that that somehow is like causing, it's like so effective that we can't agree on healthcare. Right. Like we would it's all like, have free healthcare by now if it weren't for like the three people posting on Twitter being right. like, bernie coloring book yeah every time like we're like gay bernie yeah (laughs) gay bernie coloring book okay we're kind of going down like the russia pit rabbit hole which wasn't my intention i thought that maybe we would we can go back to talking about the ridiculous tone of this report in general here is a little like uh classic example of how they like to point out american hypocrisy so they're talking about basically like on the on the other hand, so this is in what section is this one? Okay, the false claim. False six. False claim. Russia is interfering in elections all over the world. Fact. Russia strictly adheres to the principle of non-interference in domestic affairs of other countries, which it considers to be cornerstone to international law. And then further down in the rebuttal to this false claim, um, they say, on the other hand, the history of U.S. interfering in other countries' elections is well documented by American sources as well. Often cited examples include Chile in 1964, Guyana in 1968, Nicaragua in 1990, Yugoslavia in 2000, Afghanistan in 2009 ukraine in 2014 not to mention russia in 1996 exclamation point just like but that but that's legit it is legit but like the way it's pointed out in this is so uh childish childish yeah we i think what we were expecting is like a more dry academic report in which they're like like here let's lay out all the times america's interfered in elections which like is something that other people have done for like the yeah. one or two legitimate publications that publish legitimate things about Russia over this the past couple years. This feels like something just like Sputnik would write. Yeah, it feels like media yeah. rather than an actual report from an embassy. False claim. Russian embassy retreat in Maryland was an intelligence base. Fact. But where were the trove of alleged spy equipment that U.S. authorities reportedly found there? Why not show it publicly to back up the claim? The retreat... Dacha, as Russians would call it, was bought by the former Soviet Union in 1972. Since then, it was used for recreation, including hosting a children's summer camp and regularly entertaining American visitors. One of the most popular events was the stopover during the annual Chesapeake Regatta, completed with an expansive tour of the property. Presumably, U.S. intelligence services could have used this for years to inspect the property. Why nothing was mentioned before the Obama administration action? Yeah. why nothing why mentioned? nothing was mentioned <laughs> or like this is a quote from Lavrov but on, this is why I thought Lavrov was just the author because his language <laughs> just like banging his, it either the translation of his Russian or the English I don't know what, if how it's being delivered in different contexts but it's like also pretty you know simplistic kind of politicized language not very nu- nuanced like not particularly academic just like this is but like we're waiting for your answer and this is what we're doing and like there's a section on 68 page 68 and it's clearly an excerpt from like some longer quote from his but 
it just moves. First of all, that's also confusing because it just says topic six, uh, persecution of Russian <laughs> citizens and business. And then it jumps into this without quotes. Just right. has like an excerpt that you don't realize until the end when it just says, Sergey Lavrov. <laughs> but it says, there are solid facts showing that the Democratic Party violated the law when illegal methods were used to force Bernie Sanders to quit the race. Everyone has forgotten about this, talking about Russia all the time rather than about what is happening in the United States. I know American society <laughs> where no secrets are safe but are leaked to the public. If there was a single solid fact of Russia's interference in U.S. affairs, it would have been leaked during the more than two years of hearings and meetings held by Mueller's office. But the only one to get in trouble was Paul Manafort. Moreover, it turned out that he worked for Ukraine, not Russia. But this fact has been forgotten as well. And like that type of uh, style of writing is exactly how the report's written. Yeah. And I, when I was reading this, because there's no quotes, I thought it was the report, and then it says, like, I know American society, and I was like, <laughs> who's writing this? Like, what? And then I know, it's, the it's like the Russian government's official tone for English-written documents. But, like, they did also make all these... They had all these points about... Well, that point is, like, again, it's like, that's a legit point that which I also complained about, which is, like... Regardless of the, you know, agent of the hack and like WikiLeaks's participation of the DNC and stuff, like the information that was fucking revealed was really incriminating and made yeah. the Democratic Party look really shitty. Yeah. And it's like true, all of this is true, that people have quote unquote forgotten about that when we talk about Russia when people talk about Russia like threatening our democracy. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that was really twisted anyway, what we what the Democratic Party was doing. But like just the way Lavrov pulls points it out, it's like so one sided and just like that's the that's the tone of the report. Well, he's anyway. not gonna be like, well, we did do some shady stuff, but well, they also, also there was other shady stuff. But they happening. also continue the official narrative, which is like um, they point out there's like two accusations against Russia. There's the Internet Research Agency and or the Troll Factory, whatever um, accusations. The people indicted from there during the Mueller report research. And then there's accusations against the Russian government, actual GRU people and like actual government people um, hacking the DNC via like some hackers. But like that it was it was Putin's ordered by yeah, them. Yeah. Order I mean, and Putin's involvement is like irrelevant. I, I don't even just the fact that it's like Russian government people, official people. And they officially. So the IRA, they when they mention it, I find this funny. Hold on. Hmm. Research. They also just like don't they like the title of the report is a a case of like mass Russophobia, and they never directly address Russophobia. Really, they don't. They aren't like the this trend phenomenon. has been yeah. growing. Now, yeah, like this, this is the history is of it. This is the history of it. Yeah, they're just like here's a bunch of stuff we put in a document because it's a hundred pages. I thought it was gonna like be the, meaty. Like, like yeah, the history of Russophobia would be really interesting. Like how this fits into it. Well, because somebody should do their thesis on that. They're not genuinely interested in like rebutting Russophobia. They're just more interested in being like, nah. -uh. Here's a link to all these things that are fake. False claim number 16. Russia meddled in the Alabama 2017 Senate elections to help the Republican candidate. Um, and they just allude to 
the this guy Jonathan Morgan, who I don't know who that is, is chief executive of quote New Knowledge, a cybersecurity firm that wrote a scathing account of Russia's social media operations in the 2016 election that was released in 2018 by the Senate Intelligence Committee. And then that's basically the whole rebuttal. And then they say once again we have one of the main private sectors play private sector players hyping the Russian threat caught red-handed. So they're like they're implying this kind of this trend of private sector like secure cybersecurity firms hyping the Russia gate Russophobia thing in order to gain essentially I mean the implication is like gain more contracts with the government which is probably not wrong but they they do this where they'll like see once again shady shady and then yeah. they just like move on yeah again it's like a very flippant but flippant i feel like tone. people haven't really talked about that angle that much like m- maybe glenn greenwald would be somebody that would talk about that but huh. the fact that like there's a lot of businesses within america that are invested like economically economically incentivized for Rus- for russia gate to persist because they get money when mass amounts of people believe that the What's elections need to be protected like for example like counter-strike remember them they were the people that first went into the servers but like the fbi wasn't allowed to look at the server well, this report basically says that they're like a fraud yeah which like at the time it did kind of seem like they were a fraud so like any they any really cyber security firm that's hired by the government in order to protect from the russian threat is you know what is that group called say the name again counter counter-strike yeah is that crowd strike crowd strike counter strike is, is a video game yeah um but that's funny yeah like when they list that part of the timeline they say there have been no facts proving anti-russian allegations yet surrounding ca- crowd strike no facts it is inter- it is interesting to think about that honestly because there's probably a bunch of like bullshit companies too that now do like social media cleaning of some sort where they're like we can tell who's buying the advertisements and it's we like some block shitty all the like russian bot yeah and they're just like yeah. where's the ip from oh okay is it in russian oh okay please pay us like a million dollars now to filter out those tweets yeah they also talk about they reference ukraine a fair amount did you notice that yeah because because they're um talking about i think in ukrainian intelligence like supporting different governments or something yeah i feel like different american candidates and then like covering it up being like anti-trump and then being i don't remember exactly yeah they like to do like something where they're like and that wasn't even russia it was ukraine entirely different place well it is yeah but they like to like throw ukraine under the bus Ukraine likes to throw them under the bus too so it's just a bus throwing everybody get your buses well ukraine is like Ukrainian government, like official Ukrainian government, is very buddy buddy with the U.S., so that's understandable it's to be annoyed. Yeah, but you still don't like. It's still funny to see that like petty shit just like laid out in some report. Yeah, for the Russian embassy. It was. It is also suspicious that the DNC prohibited the FBI from examining the servers. Instead, a third-party tech Trope. firm was hired. CrowdStrike. Trope. Trope. <laughs> CrowdStrike, known for peddling the Russian, inter- <laughs> quote, Russian interference, end quote, claims. And soon enough, it indeed announced that, <laughs> indeed quote, announced. Russian malware has been found. But again, no solid evidence was produced. So, like, I don't even know. 
there there was at some point like uh, some months ago they're like okay no we have a like official proof about the ge- proofy about proof this, time. this russian intelligence people yeah the fancy breath i don't know let's See? not go down the rabbit hole but it was there was something where everybody agreed we're like okay even us skeptical people agree now you're just saying glenn greenwald agreed yeah basically basically that I don't know. This whole thing is just, this is stupid. Everything else is stupid. Or I like this conclusion of that section in the false claim section. As the above listed timeline of events and analysis of sources show, it's like, in conclusion, the whole claim of collusion was launched and peddled by the same group of gypsies. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Of basically rootless cosmopolitan. Uh, Yeah, of Democrats. So, the whole claim of collusion was launched and peddled by the same group of Democrats, liberal-leaning media, and the so-called, quote, never-Trump Republicans, as it became clear that Donald Trump had real chances of winning the election. And later, it morphed into a campaign to derail the newly elected president agenda, <laughs> including his efforts to mitigate the damage done to U.S.-Russian his relations. His good efforts. He's a good he's, man. He's a good man. He wanted to be friends with us. Yeah. All this time, Russia pointed to the obvious, made-up nature of these insinuations. Fruitlessly, we asked the first Obama administration and then the current authorities in Washington for conclusive proof. In order to alleviate the suspicions, we proposed exchanging mutual written commitments not to interfere in the domestic affairs of each other. Which, like, okay, whether or not you believe, like, Russia interfered, like, the American government believes the Russian government interfered. So, like, it would actually be insane behavior for them to then be like, okay, now we're going to sign this mutual agreement with you that we're not going to do that anymore. Like, if the American government genuinely believes that the Russian government interfered, the response isn't, like, let's be mutual. Let's let's talk and, like, apologize. But obviously that's, like, illegitimate. Right, the whole thing is illegitimate. The U.S. position is, like, completely baseless. Like, it's baseless because they are have already interfered plenty to like not they right. can't have the high ground right yeah. they can they can say like the but, russian government but we interfered do have the high ground like we we have manufactured the high ground the moral high ground in every setting and we're extremely good at it and so like a russian response like this that's like a little um like sarcastic or whatever like is kind of it's it's fruitless in the face of america's like steadfast belief that we're the best you can't, it's so, like, American belief in being the best is, like, so sincere that there's no way to combat it. The best is not the same as, so you mean the best the is right, allows, the most righteous. allows us to interfere in other government yeah. elections? Yeah, because we're able to interfere in other government, government elections, and we don't even need to go to the step of justifying why that is okay. We're just like, well, we're the best, so everything we do is fine. It's because we are a... Izzy, what did we learn in eighth grade? Yeah, but what is it called? The beacon on the hill or whatever? We're the beacon on the hill. It's a different thing, not beacon. The city on the hill. Isn't it? No, no, no. A light. America is a shining city upon a hill. Good job. We're the shining city. Yeah, it's stupid. So this is stupid. Everybody's dominating. Let's read Putin's quote from the beginning, which I like how it's highlighted separately as though it's what is that called? Like a quote in the beginning of a book before a chapter starts? I didn't know there was a word for that. Go ahead, read it for us. It is an attempt to lay the blame at someone else's door. This is not our problem. The problem is in U.S. politics. The other team lost. 
they are reluctant to acknowledge the mistake. It is easier to say, we are not to blame, the Russians are to blame. They interfered in our election. It reminds me of, <laughs> it reminds me of anti-Semitism. The yes, Jews yes. are to blame for everything. <laughs> we know what such sentiments can lead to. They lead to nothing good. The thing to do is simply to work and think of how to get things right. To work hard that and get things right. That is fucking brilliant. It's not brilliant. Yes, That's it like is. Classic... It's so... No, but it's so clearly retarded. Like, it's so clearly stupid and disingenuous. I think it's... Okay, not brilliant, but I think it's, it's like perfectly simplistic audience. and hits all the right notes. Yeah, it's like that reminds me of another bad thing. The Except that Russians are like... And so anti-Semitic. That's the funny. Yeah, that is the funny thing. I don't think Putin is particularly anti-Semitic, but Russian history has had anti-Semitic periods, and up until very recently too. Five generations. (laughs) All right. I saw the best mods of my generation. My my great grandfather left (laughs) Russia because of the pogroms. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It was not under Putin. Okay. 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 All right. I'm obviously a Putin I, fan. It's funny to me to the first quote, the quote right above Putin's in this that opens up the first section of the report that's entitled Hysteria. Um, the quote is uh, William Fulbright. Boo. Who the fuck is that? Who do you think it is? The Fulbright scholar? I would assume so, yeah. He's a senator? I guess so. The quote is, if American democracy is destroyed within the next generation, and it will not be destroyed by the Russians or the Chinese, but by ourselves, by the very means we use to defend it. I like Which, that quote. Yeah, it's a fine quote, but it's funny for I him like, to use it. It's funny, and I like the I like the Putin quote. Okay, it's not brilliant, obviously. It's like completely it's, obvious. Yeah. But it's like, the, the, he always does this, and, and Lavrov does this, but not as well. Just like hits the right points for certain people and like even for me like i am more sympathetic to this sentiment than i am not the jew part but just like the beginning part about like the problem is not in you know overall that's what i think like it's true the problem is not in russia it's in the u.s but but so i agree with him and so he warms you up with that and then he uses this like controversial little point which like doesn't isn't historically contextualized and he's just like for example we we all saw how bad that was right (laughs) he's like we can all agree uh, Israel is important, <laughs> and then and then that's it. We can all agree. If nothing else, we can agree Israel is important. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is if you take out the Jews, that it's like we know that such sentiments can what they can lead to. They lead to nothing good. The thing to do, blah blah. You, those are all things that are totally agreeable. But because he throws in the line about anti-Semitism, it just adds this like level of insincerity and ridiculousness well because he's comparing the suffering of being blamed as a jew for world in world history to the suffering of russia being blamed as a government for it's, this, it's also particularly like funny to use that example when there has been mass anti-semitism within your own country to use it as like now we're being treated from that from the outside it'd be like the equivalent would be like if a white president of the u.s talked about like black people being oppressed in america i don't and think that's like, now we're it's, it's not a, equivalent. It's not. A, it's not an equivalent. It hasn't been mass anti-Semitism, like mass anti-Semitism in Russia if, if, since the tw- early twentieth century. Okay, but there's been low-grade anti-Semitism. For okay, sure. but it's not the same as black. People. It's not. <laughs> Jews and blacks are not the same. Let me get this straight, <laughs> ladies. What was that? Is who suffered more? I would know. <laughs> as a black Jew, I would know who suffered more. 
Answer the question once and for all. Yeah, once and for all. The Jewish question. <laughs> That's what the Jewish We've question is. The Jew- That's the Jews what the- have wanted to know for centuries, <laughs> and I'll answer it right here on Cheese in Russia. <laughs> who, who is it, Ben? Black people. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, no. It's 100% true, yeah. Jews have Jews it so good Jews were enslaved, now. excuse me. Jews were enslaved in Egypt, Lily. What do you think Let My People Go is that from? That was a long time ago. And we forgot. You know the Passover story. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do know. We haven't forgotten. And I remember the Red Sea. Hashtag never forget. That's true. But. No, I'm actually joking. It's different to be enslaved in Egypt. Straight and you get up. to build pyramids. Nobody remembers what it feels like to be enslaved. <laughs> <laughs> what a privilege. And you get to look upon them and say, I built that. I'm just kidding. Obviously, that's Don't you like up. the satisfaction? Our, yeah. and our all economy. right all right everybody it's different to be like in straight up modern history yes systematically I, enslaving I another nobody race nobody needs to convince anybody all right now let's wh- talk hey let's talk about the serfs were they slaves <laughs> not really kind of slave light slave like light but they're every but time you see a friend a corona gets us line. every time a jew falls from the sky a corona gets that's long. <laughs> a Jew falls. Every time a Jew finds a penny, a corona gets a slot. I just want to <laughs> do an anti-Semitic PSA that there are two out of three people sitting in this room are Jews, and this ha- Jews quote. Well, there's Jews one like, real. Like. Izzy's a Jew. I'm like Jewish. Ish. I'm just saying it's more. Just it's okay. pretend you're Jewish. It's more okay than if. Oh, Smith you're went on birthright, so she's pro-Israel. It's true. I did go on birthright. We love Israel. We all love Israel. We l- yeah, I'm just kidding. We, we all don't. love Israel. It's okay, everybody. No, we don't. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I need to learn more, but I'm pretty. When I was not. in Israel, when I was in Israel, it was the hottest it had been in a century. Okay, you're just talking about the place. Obviously, like Tel Aviv is I cool. Lo- I like the pl- Tel Aviv. Because there's gay people there. <laughs> that's that's where, where the queer is. There's are. a good dance scene there. It's like electronic dance, though. No, yeah. no, no. Like contemporary dance. Oh, yeah. Like Bacheva. Sock my dick. Sock my dick. But what I'm saying is, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about politics. So I think everyone knows Israeli politics are problematic, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Total shite. Um, but birthright, not problematic. Wait, what is Russia's position on Israel? They support them. I don't think they love, but there's so that, many see, Russians that's some, there. That's something to agree on with America. Yeah, it's true. Why don't we shake agree. hands? We all love the Jews. <laughs> we all love the Jews. Oh, l- why don't why don't we wrap this up? But you can. Um, I was gonna say something about a peasant nation. Oh yeah. Um, Nevertheless, we hope that the end of the Mueller saga would contribute to further dispelling the smoke and mirrors on this topic. Smoke mirror. They took that from the media. Smoke and mirrors. You know that sounds like I hope that sounds like that a non-native this realization that it's all fake news would not only contribute to the normalization of the Russian-American relations, but to the healing of the political discourse in the U.S. as well. They really we need, want we the need Americans to, to, heal. to heal. The Americans need to heal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the whole overall feeling I have about the like this type of political rhetoric is like they're right. But it's like so snarky and if, flippant yeah. to like write that in an official government report. Yeah. We just want you to heal yourselves because um, the fucked up shit you did to Bernie Sanders 
we you need really to heal. that was that was disrespectful to the American people. That was. I mean, it's not so much us, <laughs> but your people. Your people. We call it, this is the final line of the report. We call on our American partners to finally disavow these allegations and join efforts to repair the damage to bilateral relations, for the sake of our peoples and global security. Oh, yep. So there's an official supporter of that project. What of the project to rebuild bilateral relations between yeah, we America are, and we officially support the uh, russian embassy where is this written from it's the embassy like the whole overall embassy of the russian federation in the united states of america so yeah, yeah as izzy said like or represent you said the difference in embassy and consulate in our theory here which we're not going to look up and yeah. just learn yeah. is that embassy is like the overall representation the organization. and consulate is a physical rep, uh, physical instance. manifestation or instance yeah. of that that's our theory. Bam, 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 bang, bam, 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 boom. Bada bang, Wait, bada boom. what I what were you gonna ask me to do? Okay, you get one of those for episode. Bro, bro, bro. That's good. I hate it so much. Um, I wanted you to tell the anecdote about what it means that Russians sit down before they go on a trip. Oh, okay. Do you know? No. Okay. So there's this nice tradition that. I know Russians, um, or maybe it's other former Soviet people too, at least Ukrainians for sure, do, which is when you're about to like go somewhere, you know how you're, you're always like a little bit rushed, you're like hustling at the end, bustling, packing things, and the tradition is that before you like rock it out of the house, <laughs> it's just like, okay, let's have a sit, and everyone sits down. And do you drink tea? Not n- no, it, it's like no. short. Okay, so it, you probably could drink tea, but it's more about like just like all right, got like our bags are packed and around us on the floor. Just sit down on the couch or like wherever, mm-hmm. and just kind of like sit in silence and like for like thirty seconds, take a rest for a second. Yeah, I mean, I've only done this actually, I think once, right before this trip when I came. It was really cute. Usually you have to rock it. Well, because I rock it and I it. knew about it, but I, I don't think I'd ever practice it. And I was like leaving at like three in the morning. I was packing and finishing everything and just like rushing as always. Um, and Pasha suggested we have a sit and we just sat for like, yeah, 30 seconds. Like, okay, all right. And now I'm going to call a and, taxi. And then you, so you do, you can like putter around the house more after you do the sit. You don't like sit and then stand yeah, up or and maybe walk I, out. Well, I ba- I basically just walked up because maybe I like called the taxi before. Okay. But anyway, it was really nice. Just like pause for a hot second. It feels ri- like a right thing to do because I feel like right before traveling, it's ob- often like a mental whirlwind and you're yeah. like counting things in your head and thinking. And I feel like it's just good a to good have a practice. Pause. Yeah. yeah. And then we go. Yeah, that's nice. And then you take your little movement in your arms. Give him a kiss. I got paid today. Gas up in my turn. Trust me when I say nothing's in my way. All right, so let's wrap this sucker up. That's the episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Telegram at She's in Russia. Sign up for our monthly image-based newsletter at She's in Russia.com, which is going to come out before May 1st, presumably. And give us a few number of dollars on Patreon.com slash She's in Russia. Yeah. Can we do a support in the beginning? We'll do it next time. People support us. Support us! To all our, our patrons, few and precious. We're really grateful. Boop, boop. We have one in the room. 
We do, we do have like a, we don't have a lot, but we have we, something. We really appreciate it. We got a new one this to, Shout to out Jorge, to Jorge Soros. <laughs> get it? No? Anybody? George. Yeah, I get it. That's funny. Yeah, that's a new patron. Thanks, so Jorge. Shouts out to that person. Um, that person gives us a dollar a month, which isn't... See, anyone can a afford tier, that. But you can, you can totally do that. And we will be very pleased that you very did that. Very pleased. Thank you. All right. Love you. Goodbye.